When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to the family with Doug Sprinthal. And Andy Brampernard. And Tom. And we'll be right back, kick things off. Our special guest... David Chocacci, uh, the movie's called Last Call in the Doghouse. We'll talk about it coming up next with the family. Well, we do have Doug. Yeah, I'm Walzer, back. Walzer Automotive Group, <laughs> Walzer.com. Just in the nick of time. Mm-hmm. Wanted to talk about something we talked about on the morning show. Um, as you know, in June, we gave away uh, $25 for every car sold group-wide to four local charities. Well, the results are in. We sold 4,000 cars, so that means $100,000 got distributed to uh, the bridge. And uh, third Saturday, I don't remember the other two groups, but it was really exciting. The customers loved it. So for everybody that participated, thank you very much. That uh, I thought I was getting the hundo. No. Damn it. I thought for sure. He, didn't, he haven't bought a car in over like three weeks. Yeah, it's been a long time <laughs> since I purchased a car from that fine organization known as Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. There are definitely things to avoid during a Minnesota winter, like licking a flagpole or waiting too long to replace that car battery. But number one on the list is taking a chance on your furnace. Hey, Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning, reminding you that a furnace clean and tune will improve efficiency, reliability, and peace of mind. Or maybe it's time to take advantage of Sabre's rebates and upgrade to an energy-efficient Bryant system. Don't take chances on your comfort. Visit SabreHeating.com. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. I did the unthinkable for me, which I never do. I went against my own rules and promote a guest before I knew he was on the phone. Oh, no. What a mistake that I was. Yeah, we couldn't reach uh, David Chocacci. Uh, if he calls in, we'll, we'll get him on. But uh, If he calls in, we'd never know because that phone is not a call-in number. Oh, so we'll just try him again in a couple of minutes. Is mm-hmm. that what we're talking about? Yep. That works for me, ladies and gentlemen. I should mention that uh, even though I didn't know him well, I met him a few times, but I did not know him well, but uh, DJ Leary has died. Do you ever know DJ Leary? I don't. I was just going to ask you who that was. Oh, DJ Leary, the longtime public affairs consultant. He was a big, big voice in the DFL. That's why I thought you and Michael Bryant might know the guy. I wonder if Michael Bryant knows him. And he probably Michael, does. He's more in tune to that than I am. I actually don't think so. 
Okay, why don't we? Why don't I shoot you his number because I would love to see if uh, if Michael Bryant knows anything. I mean, knows DJ Larry. Yeah. So you get well, let me try out. calling our guest one more time and see what happens. And All right. If he doesn't answer, good. then we'll call Michael. That sounds good. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, DJ Leary was a longtime advisor to Vice President Hubert Humphrey and a consultant for numerous candidates for local, state, and federal offices starting in the 1960s. For more than four decades, DJ Leary was a behind-the-scenes influence in Minnesota public policy, a DFL public affairs consultant, with a quick but gentle wit. And a, that's what they say about me, that I have a quick but gentle wit. Yeah, that's exactly what they say when you're not in the room. Okay. Turncoat. Turncoat. Uh, Leary, 84, died yesterday. Last night, as a matter of fact, at his home in Minneapolis. His son, Brian of Minnetonka, said his father was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. He was diagnosed three weeks ago. Oh, God. Eek. Not even three weeks ago, but 19 days ago. He was a longtime advisor to Vice President Humphrey, as we said. Uh, I, I just, my God, it's... You know, maybe that's not the worst thing, though, right? If you're diagnosed, you know, yeah, that's right. true. It's yeah, like, okay, I was feeling pretty good. Now I don't feel good. Yeah, the reason you don't feel good is you're going to be dead in a month. So it's not a long, drawn-out thing, but you get right. time to say goodbye. No, you're absolutely yeah. right about You that. don't think there's any, there's no great way to check out? <laughs> no, <laughs> I suppose. 84 years old and to go in 19 days is pretty good. Yeah, you're not going to suffer much, and you'll get to say goodbye to your family. So. Yeah. How you we doing, got David on the phone. Is it uh, Chocacci? Is that how he says his last Seems to be. David Chocacci. How you doing, David? I'm doing good. It's Chokichi. Chokichi. Right. Let's get it right. There you go. Okay. Uh, is it, so is it, I'm afraid it, we're going to have to start this yes. over. Is it David? <laughs> See, I just thought I'd screw up both names, David, as long as I'm Chokichi. <laughs> oh, David Chokichi uh, works for me. Um, Cheers meets Field of Dreams, contemporary drama, uh, fantasy. Broadwood Media is proud to announce the release of filmmaker Bruce Reisman's Last Call in the Doghouse. It is available, uh, available to rent or buy on Amazon. Just go to Amazon, of course. You'll be good to go. I got to say one thing before we jump into this. Uh, we just had uh, Adam Jacobs on the show got about a month or two ago. What a nice young man that guy is. Great guy. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, that guy's amazing. Yeah, he's my fellow, my fellow warrior. Well, wait a minute. You're a warrior. I like it. You're a fellow warrior. I like that, man. That works for me. Oh, so, yeah. We're all warriors. Where are you from originally, David? I'm from uh, Plymouth, Massachusetts. Okay, there you go. Uh, David Chokichi is dog, the owner of an extraordinary New York dive bar called The Dog House. Alongside him are his sons, Jess, played by Aaron Fors and Mo, Adam Jacobs. We just talked about Adam. Great, great kid. Matter of fact, Broadway's original Aladdin. I'm glad you pointed that out. Oh, yeah, that's right. Right. Parker Stevenson. You got Yancey Butler. Great cast. David, you put this whole thing together? Well, uh, you know, I, I didn't single-handedly do it, but uh, myself and Bruce did. We, we kind of, you know, it's Bruce's writing, and I, I pulled in some favors and brought in some cast, and... Um, yeah, we, we, we actually, like, we had probably the most extraordinary team possible. Like, it was just amazing. I love some of the quotes here. The inspiration for the film came to Reisman while reflecting on his own social experiences in bars. I've had some great conversations and have met some interesting people in bars, says Reisman. I don't enjoy the environment for the alcohol so much as I do the social interaction. Yeah, but that's what we all say, isn't it? That's what we talk about. Right, them exactly. <laughs> we always <Yeah>. say that. <laughs> that works so. So tell us about the movie, uh, David. I want to hear it from you, from you uh, personally. Tell us about the movie, if you would. Well, you know, it's um, you know, it's kind of as you described a little bit. It's a, uh, it's kind of a mystical, um, magical experience, and um, you know, I play uh, I play God. Oh well. <laughs> Yeah, which is an interesting deal, um, you know, and uh, Bruce, basically, you know, he, he wrote this thing, and we we just all, like, kind of dived in. It's, it's, it's one of those experiences where, as an actor, you just say yes to everything, and that's what I did. <laughs> well, it's not a bad plan. So, so the inspiration for the film came to rise while he was reflecting on his own social experiences. So is it all about... 
Well, I, well at the very beginning, uh, we talked about the, you know, combining uh, the two, two of my favorites, as a matter of fact. Uh, you know, when you when you combine Field of Dreams and Cheers, that's a pretty good combination, David. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, that's that's, that's a few magical movies right there, and and we do like once you watch this movie, you will have that feeling when it when it when it's done. You'll be like, you'll reflect on this movie a lot, and kind of it it, it really. It really touches home in terms of like what it means to be a human being. Well, see, you know, I think we need that right now more than ever, David. I think it's a great thing. I agree. I agree. We do. We need to know what real people are all about instead of all this political shield everybody's putting up in front of them. It doesn't matter which side. They're all putting up the shield, and we have to kind of slog through it somehow. But... Yeah, I mean, I, I just love, we, I do a morning show in town as well, and we have a lot of people on talking about their, you know, their husbands, their wives, their children, their grandchildren, whatever, and how much they love their families. We, we try to talk about it more and more because, my God, you watch the news, and it's like, David, you and I have never met, but I'm sure we've committed a crime together according to the news. <laughs> yeah. Man. I know, it's, 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 not, it's not pretty. No, so it's great. The story's like, and and, yeah, I will tell you, and I know this is going to be hard for you to believe, David. But as far as hanging around in bars is concerned, I've had a little bit of experience in that in that field as well. Uh, Will that help me with the movie? Kind of understanding. Oh, I've done that before. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, that might help you. Yeah, I'm like, you know, I can't guarantee anything, but yeah, maybe. Yeah, you're not going to, because I am going to watch this movie. This movie sounds like it's right in my wheelhouse. You have to watch this movie, because at the end of the day, it's it's really a message about, like, there there's a message about, like, hope and family. And, Wonderful. Um, like, what it means to be, a, like, as a human being, you know, it's kind of a, it's an inter- very interesting arc, and I think something that all audiences will be, Super enjoyed to watch. I got to read this part. They all have special, one could even say biblical powers. We're talking about all the people uh, in the family. When three strangers enter the bar closing time, the special family helps guide them through their troubled past to bring them to spiritual and mental peace. Yeah, we're all looking for that, David. It's exactly what we were talking about, and I hadn't even read that paragraph. Yeah, exactly. It's, yep. it's very, very cool. Um, does anybody start trouble in the bar? Like every time I've ever been in a bar, somebody thinks they're a tough guy. You, you have a tough guy in the in the movie. Oh yeah, there, there's a, there's like a uh, guest star comes in. He's really fucking angry. And he comes in. And I, I I quickly check him, and I say, Hey man, or you you can do that, but you can't do that in my fucking bar. <laughs> I think it's great. You can't do that. No, I think it's great, David. I mean, it's, uh, that's exactly it. I've seen it happen many, many times before. And that's one of the things that I love right. about bars. Is like, look, you're going to come in here, you better behave. That's all I got to tell you. Exactly. And then, you know, we have a beautiful, like, there's a there's a lesson that we're, you know, that happens. But you have to be open and spiritually, like, open to, like, receiving that. So, and that's why, they, like, that's where the... You know, that's where the conflict comes in. Yeah, I mean, that, that makes complete sense. Do you, now, David, do you, uh, is some of this, you know, I understand that you and Bruce put it together. Is some of this your your past directly, things that, you, that you've seen and you've experienced? Is that is there part of you in this whole thing as well? I mean, you know, I, I that's a loaded question, but yeah, I get to play God. Well, that's true. That's a very good point, David. You do play God. Let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. I can do whatever the fuck I want. God. So is that where, is that kind of a play on where, look, I understand there are bars named the Dog dog House, but Dog basically is a play on the the whole thing, isn't it? It is, but it's not, it's not like, um. I mean, it's very heavy. It's very serious, mm-hmm. like what we're talking about. No, no, yeah. I understand. I understand that completely, but I just like... Yeah, we're not like making... There's there's a beautiful kind of intersection of all um, everything we're, you know, kind of doing in this movie. And, um, you know, you, I, 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 I took the... As an actor, I, I decided to play this guy as kind of a guy who's 
sometimes, you know, he's God, but he's observing everything. He's not speaking. He's not reacting. He's observing a lot of stuff. So, um, yeah, it was like, you know, probably one of the most fun opportunities as an actor I've ever had. Yeah, I could see that. David, I got. I should point out to you on this <clears throat> this afternoon podcast that we do, it's all family friends. And normally, uh, not on Thursdays, but normally my wife is here. Our son, Andy, is the one who called you. Our daughter, Alex, is in. So this whole podcast is about friends and family, exactly what you're talking about. And I love working with my family every day, David. Oh, my God, that's amazing. You to do that? That's so cool, man. No, I do. I just love working with them. We just sat yesterday and covered all these different topics. And just to hear, you know, I have great respect for all three of them. And uh, it, 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 it's exactly what you're talking about, special, a special family at the doghouse. Yeah. Well, there's a special family here at this podcast, much in much the same way, I'm sure. Yeah, that's so cool. It is indeed. Do you come from a close family, David, in real life? Yeah, and, you know, I grew up in Massachusetts, man. I grew up in Massachusetts, and uh, I went to college in Maine, and um, you know I played football all the way through my life. And uh, yeah, I, my my background is diverse. <laughs> well, mine is too. I understand exactly what you're saying. Now, Doug, I got to ask you a question. Hmm. This is all about dog or God, depending on which way you look at it. Hanging out at a bar and kind of helping people. I mean, you, you, well, you, you're a pretty faithful guy, right? Yeah. I mean, you're oh, yeah. a believer and, and you help people a lot. I mean, you've been through all this. He's, uh, Doug is one of the, one of the guests on the show. Well, he's actually the host of the show on Thursdays, but he, you would fit in this cast really well, Dougie. Yeah, except I can't act. Other than that, I'd fit in wow, I, I mean, yeah. you get Parker Stevenson for crying out loud. You're going to hold a candle to that guy. You got David Chokichi too, yeah. so you got you know, you, you got the whole thing covered. But hey, hey, David, where did you go to college in Maine? I'm I'm from New England. I was actually born in Providence and grew up in Lexington. Oh no, wait, dude! I'm shooting a movie right now. I'm in I'm down in like uh, Old Saybrook right now. Oh, okay. Shooting a movie. I'm shooting a movie here. I went to college. I went to Bates College up in Maine. I know Bates. It's uh, it's a great school. Yeah, dude, and I uh, played football there and. You know, uh, yeah. One of my favorite things about uh, about Maine is still that one commercial. I can't remember the name of the company, but with the guy, the his wife and his daughter are having a conversation, and Dad comes and he goes, "What about your father's strawberries?" <laughs> I just love that. It wasn't Pepperidge Farm, was it? It might have been Pepperidge Farm. Yeah, it might have been Pepperidge Farm. I, uh, I, good. I love that whole deal, but. I, I, what I like about it is you're talking about real life. People go to bars. That's what people do. They've been doing it for hundreds and hundreds of years. You see yeah. and hear things at bars that you wouldn't see other places, not just because of the alcohol, but the way the people's demeanor, the people's comfort with the place and all the rest of it. This new family in the movie Last Do- uh, Call in the Doghouse, do they just happen to come yeah. into the bar, the, the, family you're, the, uh, the family you're talking to? Oh no! They come in because they're they're torn. Oh, okay. They're, like they are internally torn. So, do you know what that means to be torn? Oh God, yes. I mean, can you be honest with me right now? Can you do you do you know what it means to be torn? Yeah, whether you want to kill someone or give them a hug like that, you mean? Yeah, exactly. That's so, exactly I mean, right. Our bar, they're coming <laughs> in like for some weird reason. They are they are they're drawn to the bar. Like, it's, it's almost like a magnetic thing. And they come in, they have no idea why they've come in, but they come in and all of a sudden we start talking about um, their lives, our lives, and all of a sudden it goes, and then we, just, we discover what's going on with them, and it, it kind of blossoms into a revelation that, wow, this person has a major problem that needs to be explained. Mm-hmm. And through the process of, you know, like it's, uh, all this beautiful stuff we do in the movie, it, it kind of gets explained. I think the whole idea is a great. I should mention also, David, the, the neighborhood in which I grew up, there was a lot of this. <clears throat> we'd go to Mace Lack's bar over in 
northeast Minneapolis, go downtown. There were some local bars over in north Minneapolis where I grew up. And we would always gather there after, let's say, somebody went to prison or somebody got killed or somebody killed somebody. Or the, I mean, that's how it was, David. We went to the bar to talk about very serious issues. Exactly. Yeah. You talked about your boys, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what we did. Yeah. And it's just, yep. that's why this, I think, uh, I, David, I think this, this movie's right in my wheelhouse. This sounds exactly, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pretty much understand everything's going on, aren't I? Yeah, it's, uh, honestly, like, it's one of those things that, you know, as an actor, I'm like, I, I've uh, appreciated the whole journey of it all, but this thing is special because it's, it, it intertwines spiritualism and faith all into one. And it becomes like this beautiful message at the end of the story. You know, David, it's interesting you bring that up because that was my next question. And the reason I was going to ask that question is that, that uh, you know, highly educated people, oh, my God, you really believe in a God or you believe in this or you believe in that. I just, why? Right. You, you know, they try to take that away from people now. Where do you find solace if you don't have a belief in something bigger than yourself? And I'm not saying you have to believe in any re- specific religion, but you got to believe in something bigger than yourself, don't you? Uh, you know, that's a, that's a super loaded question, but you know <laughs> yeah. what? Um, yeah. I, I'll answer it this way. I, as a human being, have seen and experienced things that are beyond the conception of human like I, I I just I've seen things that are that are beyond the human being's capability. I, I I I have a I have a capability to manifest things and see things in the future like no other human being can see. Um I've witnessed stuff. I've uh, I have you know, I'm fifty three years old and I I've always, I'm a warrior, bro. Like you know, I, I stood up to the test of time, and, you know, there's a lot more. Uh, I, I got a lot more stories now. No, I could have, I could understand that, absolutely. It, it. Do you think that's why you were drawn to be an actor? Because actors, you know, portray people. Part of what, they, what you do is you, and part of it is somebody else or several other people. I mean, but they're, in acting... Always, at least a little part of who you're playing. There's still a part of you in there, isn't there? Oh, see, of course, you know. 100%. Yeah. It's almost like, you know, you you try and like, it, it's tricky. It depends, like what what the movie is or what the TV show is. But you know, I I um, I, I try and like keep myself like right in the middle and in terms of understanding, like, you know, you can't um. It's really hot. I don't know how to describe this. Um, you can't. I don't know. You can't kind of forego who you are as a human being. Uh, now, let me let me rephrase this. All right. It, it, it's tough. How about that? It's tough. That's good. It, that works for me. That works for me, David Chokachi. Chokachi. Actually, it's pronounced Chokachi, right? Chokachi. You got it. You got it. I wanted to get it down, man. I got to say it right. The movie's called Last Call in the Doghouse. Cheers meets Field of Dreams, contemporary drama, uh, drama fantasy. Great cast. We talked about David is in it, of course, alongside uh, Alan Fors, uh, or excuse me, Aaron Fors, and of course Adam uh, Jacobs, Yancey Butler's in it, Parker Stevenson pointed out by... Uh, by my friend Dougie here. David, we will be tuning in. I'll, I'll be watching it uh, this evening. As a, well, probably tomorrow night. I'm going to watch it on a Friday night. Yeah, that's you got to see it on SonyPointEntertainment.com. Like, also, that's the website. What is it? What's the website again? Oh, it's SonyPointEntertainment.com. Okay, I think it's at the very bottom of my message, and I want to make sure that I post that up on the website. But Yeah, make, yeah, yeah. We'll get, yep, it is down there in the bottom stonybrook-entertainment.com David, thank you so much for your time. Great talking to you, sir. Have a good day. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, don't be looking at me like that. I didn't say anything. I just looked at you. Potster. Sorry. No, I I think that is a lot of actors do feel that way, that 
you know, I got some, like I'm a warrior and I got this special deal. And I, a lot of actors do feel that way. It sounds like an interesting story, right? Yeah. And oh, it's, I agree. It's interesting in the way that that I, as a churchgoer, that I love Black Jesus because if God oh, or love, Jesus oh, are going to come down, they're not going to show up in Edina or Westchester County. No, they'll no, be no. in Compton or some dive bar in New York, name the doghouse. I, I think I don't know, but. You know, it's, uh, he showed up amongst poor fishermen 2,000 years ago, if you believe in it. He wasn't hanging out with all the millionaires. So my favorite, favorite of all time scene in Black Jesus is when, uh, oh, God, what the hell was his name? He just died recently. Oh, uh, Charlie. Charlie Murphy. Charlie Murphy. Yeah, Charlie Murphy right. walks in, and there was like five guys sitting around in an apartment, and he's the landlord. They're sitting around an apartment, he walks in, and he uses the whole word, which I won't. But he looks around at all five and he goes, he does the sweep with his hand. He goes, all you big ends got to go. <laughs> it was very, very we should funny. probably, we'll grab Michael Bryant. We should rewatch that this We winter. should, man. I would like to see it again. It's just oh, it's, it's, is laugh it, out loud. Is there me. another season coming out or are they done? I think they're done. I, I think I they might be. I haven't yeah. even thought about that until we started talking to David. Which is too bad because I that that show is really good. Yeah, but there's a there's some good messages in there too, which oh, is exactly so. what he's this movie's talking about. And what I, my point is, it's it's against likely if you believe and it's going to happen, that's probably going to be amongst people like that. Yeah, it's probably true. Now, did, were you did you ever think of sitting down having a having a glass of beer with Miss Tootie? Because <laughs> she'd be phenomenal to hang out with. I'm just saying. No, I think what. I guess what I was asking him, maybe I'll, I'll wait till the next time, because I want to ask you guys what you think of this whole deal. The only thing that concerns me about our approach to whether it's faith or religion or God or something bigger than you or whatever, they love to take that away from people. Yeah. And I, I want to ask you what you think of that whole deal. And we'll be back uh, with the second part with Doug Sprinthal. Andy's here. We'll be right back. Tom Bernard talking with Brad Huckle and Michael Bilski of North American Banking Company. We've talked a few times over the years about how North American Banking Company has helped local businesses when they're ready for expansion. We love talking about the success of our customers. One example is suburban manufacturing in Monticello. They create innovative products that produce clean, dry air that is needed during the manufacturing process. We recently helped them expand their business. Moving into a new building gave them the space they needed to add new equipment and production lines. We were able to step in quickly and provide the financing they needed when they needed it. When we help businesses like Suburban Manufacturing with their expansion, it's beneficial for our customers, but their growth also creates new jobs in our community. So they make stuff that produces clean, dry air for manufacturing. After working with Bilski, do they breathe easier with their business fellas? We certainly hope so, Tommy, and that's no hot air. Nice one. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. Priority Courier Experts does not have the largest inventory of lease-to-own trucks anymore. Hold on now. Anymore. All right, fill me in. Pat, who in town buys brand new trucks and immediately puts those rigs into the most honest and ethical lease-to-own program? Priority, that's who. But you said they don't have the largest inventory. Let me spell it out for you. First, Priority orders the finest spec of Kenworth and Freightliner trucks. These rigs cost anywhere between $135,000 to $215,000. That's more than my house. I hope things get better for you, man. Next, a qualified driver sits down with one of Priority's onboarding specialists, reviews the lease-to-own program, and earning potential of partnering with one of the world's largest same-day delivery companies. And shazam! Another partnership is formed, and that driver is on their way to owning that rig in five years or less. That sounds simple. It is that simple. That's why Priority doesn't have the largest inventory of new trucks anymore, because these rigs roll off the lot almost as soon as they arrive. <coughs> Calling all drivers. Take charge of your driving career today. Visit Priority.com or call Robbie, Nick, Chad, or Mike, 651-748-4465, and they'll get you on the road. Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. You know, I was like that every time you call us tagline. Yeah, I remember when Steve pulled every truck off the road to hang that tagline on the sides. Hey, Pat, your finger's still on the record button? We are back, ladies and gentlemen. 
thank you again to David Chokichi talking about. Uh, I don't know. I do want to see that movie. It sounds like it'd be pretty yeah, good. It does sound good. Um, I, I was asking everybody. I'd love you know if you're listening, obviously, to get your take on it as well. But he, I'm not an old, overly religious man. I grew up Roman Catholic, and I really like the Roman Catholic. You're a culture. closet Christian. I've been calling you that for years. No, I, yeah, I don't have any problem with that. That's fine. I just. I don't like the fact that these higher-ups in the, you know, educational community and this community and that community don't want anything to do with something that might be more powerful than you, bigger than you, anything spiritual whatsoever. To me, I don't know that I could exist without... If I thought that I was the biggest thing in the world, I probably wouldn't have lived past about 20. Yeah. No, I understand There's no way. I mean, just my mother's deep faith. My mother was a huge fan of the Virgin Mary, of course, because yeah, she had to have a woman getting in there. So yeah, I'm not I'm not an over over the top religious, you know, nut job, whatever the deal is. But I don't like the fact that that the news media in this country, a lot of the writers, a lot of the news media, and it's radio, it's television, it's you know, all of it. Uh, movies do it now. They don't want anything to do with a greater goodness, a god, or or greater goodness, or or something bigger than you. I think they're taking that away to take your power away from you. Because if you're confident knowing that that I I have something or someone kind of watching over me in a way, whether it's you know bacteria or what the hell yeah. ever it is, right? It makes me feel better, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. So why do they want to do that to people? It's a complicated question, actually. I'm not really sure you've got a good answer. A... And again, the people that abuse religion and, and torture and kill other people based on religion, I feel the same way that I do about people who deny religion. You're misusing religion. That is not religion. That's not what it's for. Well, human and beings Catholics are great at misinterpreting things, well, right? They I are. mean, they really are. They, they jump to the wrong conclusion yeah. nine times out of ten. It's <laughs> really interesting. And if the way I look at it is that the biggest gift, which is also the largest curse that God gave humanity, is free will. Right, right. And if you believe that he actually, or God actually gave it to us, it's like, yeah, this is really kind of a loaded weapon. Yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot. What do you think, Andy? <clears throat> I mean, there's something to be said for that. I mean, one of the biggest arguments against the existence of God is that, you know, if God exists and God is good, then why does evil exist? But so the it, answer is because of free will. Here's yes. what's driving me crazy. Next week's guest is my friend, the Episcopal priest, who well, I had a couple listeners reach out. When are you going to have Dana on again? She was really great. Oh, yeah. She was. Oh, yeah. She, she was very nice. We're going to have to save up some of these questions yeah, for, a, a for a professional. Yeah, why don't we do that? Because, yeah. again, I, I, I never, I used to, I got in trouble going to St. Joe's and St. Anne's because I'd ask questions they didn't want to hear. Yeah. Like when the, when the priest, in third grade, you're going to confession for the first time to get ready to go to communion for the first time. And the priest said that he, he called himself basically a conduit to God. And I went, no. I got yeah, in a lot that, of trouble for that. I bet you did. Yeah, I remember in seventh grade. I was going to Cedar Crest, which no longer exists. Oh, I which, thought they moved. Uh, no, they rebranded. I think it's under new management or something. Who knows? This or is a it? billion years. This is like 20 years ago. You got along really well at that school, yeah, I, I remember. Didn't do well there. <laughs> yeah. It was a very, very religious school. Oh, was it really religious? <laughs> Not quite ACA God, religious. Way to show up but... at the parent-teacher conferences there, Tom. Was well, it religious, Andy? Well, anyway. I, could, I mean, I wasn't there for too long. Okay. But no, he was um, not there for too long. Uh, like I remember me. one time, it was just like seventh grade, I think, sixth or seventh. No, it would have been seventh. Um, one of the students asked a very valid question, I think, and that is, how do we know that the Bible was actually written by the people who claim to have written it? It's like, you know, how do we know, know the Gospel question. of Mark was written by Mark the Apostle? And it is, I think it's a valid question, and I think yeah, there are is. answers out there. But the teacher's answer was just, uh, you're going through a period of doubt, don't worry about it. Which I think is the worst possible answer so, for so that. You're wrong I think it's okay to mention that, but I don't think that's the final answer. I think that's just that's part all he of said. He basically just said you're, you know, you're going through doubt. Don't question it. Which I think is going to make people question it more. I couldn't like, agree if, more. If even my teacher at yep. this school doesn't know, then you know, I think that makes my question even more valid. Does anyone know? And we do know. There's actually a lot of there's been thousands of years of study. 
about these things. People have studied every single letter in the Bible to see if it matches up with what we know about the apostles. But it's just the fact that so many people are going to have questions like that, and they're going to get answers like that, and it's going to mess things up for them, I think. Yeah. It's really interesting. Well, to me, hopefully it'd be interesting to you as well. When I was 12 years old, um, I might not have even been 12 yet, but it was my last year at Catholic school because eighth grade was my last year of Catholic school, and then I went on to public school after that. So in eighth grade, they were talking a lot about this and the other thing and the existence of the devil and the this and the that and the other thing. And I remember going home that afternoon kind of worried about that. It's like, you know, they're talking about this devil thing and then that and blah, blah, blah. So I went to bed that night, and I woke up in the middle of the night, of course, kind of, you know, not sweating, but on the verge of mm-hmm. sweating, going, God, what is this devil thing all about? I mean, what, what is this all about? And I literally, and I'll never forget this, I was terrified. But I said, okay, if there's a devil, then appear to me right now. Let's get this over. I, I did. did I you was really? Like, yeah, I was like 11 Call or 12 years. I called the devil out. Never did appear, though. It's that cheap bastard, <laughs> coward, son of a bitch. But I did. I said, well, let's just get this over with. If you're going to appear to me sometime and try to influence me, let's go. And five right. years later, you're in radio. <laughs> five ah, years in tortured. Apparently he was listening. Yeah, apparently the devil was listening because I've been in hell ever since. <laughs> the existence, identity, and powers of the devil are not very uh, consistent among no. each No, he kind sect. of waxes and wanes yeah. in popularity. <laughs> Some say that he doesn't so exist well right at all. Right. There is no hell. There is no devil. If it wasn't for metal bands, he wouldn't exist in That's this true. century. That's Honestly, true. it's kind of true because most yeah. modern religions, I think Islam is one of the very few, uh, he's called Iblis in Islam, that actually teaches that the devil exists and that he is actively manipulating you. Dana, I mean, there are, there Dana are some... if you're listening, we're going to write all these questions down and you can yes, exactly. we'll do Bible study next week. Just ask her if the devil exists, and then we'll just wait for an hour while she explains. Yeah, yeah exactly. I don't know. I did, do you think – why do you think as a, such a young boy I would have done that? Because nobody's ever been able to explain to me why I would say, okay, let's go. Show up right now well, and we'll I talk think it that over. I, I doubt that that was an unusual reaction yeah, to the probably religious not. teachings not. of the day because yeah, he yeah. was really played up more in the – Oh yeah, you know, early yeah. early mid twentieth century, oh, oh, as, yeah. and it was a reason not to do things because otherwise right. this would get you. Yeah, he was now, used I as think, a Krampus is going right. to come and eat your fingers if you don't <laughs> wash your more hands. modern That's theological true. technique yeah. is because you want to do this because it's the right thing to do to, for your spirit and your soul right. and all that sort of stuff. So it's 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 good cop bad cop back in the fifties and sixties. It was That's a bad true. cop. Yeah, I just got a text message from a from a friend that I've known a long time saying, "Tom, you witnessed your father lose." his mind what did you think was gonna happen the devil has something to do with that or at least a demon yeah i mean that's basically the point is watching my father being taken away in a straitjacket frothing at the mouth mm. i suppose I, I just thought it couldn't get any worse than that you don't ever say it can't get any worse yeah well i suppose that's true yeah. that it could definitely get worse but so in a way i you know because he is my father and, and all the rest, but I should be somewhat grateful to him because I, and the bat to the head didn't hurt either, but um, I literally have no fear of any of that stuff. None. People are terrified of that kind of thing. I, I'm not afraid of it at all because I've seen it in person. I've seen craziness, psychosis in person, people seeing and hearing things. So it doesn't doesn't scare me like it yeah, does. Yeah, me neither. I, obviously, that's that was my career. That was your career, I started yeah. Selling yeah. cars, and I found it fascinating. It, it it was never scary to no interact with somebody who was actively psychotic. It's different though when you're a child and it's your parent because that that's yeah. That's a whole nother level. Your parents are supposed to difficulty. know everything and right. be infallible. They're supposed to be in Right. right. <clears throat> then you'd have people, when you'd go visit him, they'd be walking in the halls because he couldn't come out of his little enclosure. Yeah. But you'd go past some people and, and they would come up to you and go, Oh, are you here to see me? Uh, why, yes. Yes, I am. How you doing? Of course. I'm doing great, thank you. And then mm-hmm. they just keep on walking. Yeah. If you showed in any interest in how they were doing, they made them very happy. 
It's a different. I wish that all these people that are puking up all this cancel culture hatred and everybody's a racist hatred. I really wish you could experience real misery. Because if you think your life is miserable while you're winning the goddamn Olympics. Yeah, that is a big part of the problem. Is sorry. No one has. Modern people really don't suffer hardship. No. They, mean, they, they know, claim they do. Everybody claims well, they do. Well, that's the thing. Though. It's like, you know, to a toddler, you know, getting a. Uh, paper cut is the worst thing in the universe. Right, right. It's the worst pain you've ever felt in your life. So to That's you, true. nothing could be worse than that. Yep. So Martin what, Mull did an album of comedy songs. Martin one was Mull. called Noses Running My Family. But then there's another one called The Rich Man's Blues. And it's, it's a blues <laughs> tune. It goes, that. when I look across and see that both cars are gone, I get the blues so bad I throw my drinks across the lawn. I drink across the lawn. <laughs> he goes, drink across the lawn. I do love that. It is very true. Martin Mull, God, was he funny. Remember dueling tubas? Oh, yeah, it was great. <laughs> no, he was very, very funny. Very we, we watched bright. the Bob's Burgers the other night, and we always try to figure out who the guests are by their voice, and I said, I think that's Martin Mull. Oh, really? Sure enough, he was. He had a little bit part on oh, there. Whatever. God, I wonder why he does this. He just didn't do, he didn't do any appearances anymore. You well, don't I think he's, he's rather old. 75 or 80, isn't well, he? Maybe not that old. Like, I mean, well, I know, but he's kicking old. back and probably living on that big fernwood tonight. Though. Yeah, he's 77. Yeah. Martin Mull, 77. Well, mm-hmm. it's not that old anymore. That used to be old, not anymore. Yeah. Well, but, but um, if you can retire, why wouldn't you? And just do Bob's Burgers every once Exactly. A guy like Martin Mall is probably perfect. He yeah, actually he's, he does a lot of TV parts. Does he? Oh, Martin yeah. Mall does? He's on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, NCIS, The Ranch, Veep, Community. Let's get him on the podcast. It'd be great to talk to him. probably get Martin Mall on. Yeah. I would think he would probably there could. There you go. Cassie, get on it. Yeah, Cassie, get Where off your ass. Up. Let's go. Let's go, sister. Yeah, come on, Cassie. Get us some good guests. Oh, God, I just saw a headline that popped up here. Eviction ban backlash. Landlord is out $24,000 in rent due to a moratorium while his tenant bought a boat. <laughs> yeah. Stiffs him for the rent, and he goes out and buys a boat. Yep. How can you do Something that to another human being? Right. Something is not right. Well, it's like, so there, it's Jesus. an eviction moratorium. So the tenants don't have to pay rent. That's correct. So the government gives the tenants money to pay rent. Yes. Why don't they just give the landlords the money? I that would couldn't make, agree that more. That would have made a lot more sense. Would, I think that would make quite a bit of sense. But no. Well, who's, who's, the one guy bought a Lamborghini, remember yeah. that? <laughs> he buys a Lamborghini with well, his government as, money. As soon as the, um, the moratorium hit, sales of the PS5 went up like 400%. Yeah. Really? Because... That's what people do. They, they piss do, their yeah. money away, and then they wonder why they're in a bad spot. And then they whine about, oh, I'm in a bad spot. Mm-hmm. See, this is exactly what I'm talking about. You create your own bad spots. I, like You have the balls to go into the Olympics, either win or whatever, and then you're going to piss and moan and whine about how horrible life is. I will use an example again of a young woman. I didn't know her really well. I met her a couple of times. The young woman in America who got beheaded. Cassie no. says she's on it, by the way. Oh, Cassie. Awesome, Cassie. There you go. Better than Cassie. That's what I want to know. <laughs> Got to be on a Thursday, though, Cassie. You didn't hear about yeah. that, Doug? Oh, in Shakopee? Yeah. Yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone in Minnesota's heard about that by in the now. afternoon, get your head cut off on the sidewalk. <clears throat> yep. Well, I knew her. Did you really? The last two women who've been massacred, I knew them both, actually. Not really. That weren't friends, but I, they yeah. were acquaintances, yeah. right? But America, her name was not America when she came to America from Cuba. Her name was Cuba. <laughs> her name was not Cuba. Cuba Gooding Jr. But she named loved, herself after she every country she lives in. Loved America so much, she changed her name to America. Yeah. She was so grateful to come here and live this wonderful life. So she named herself after a shitty Italian navigator. That's basically. exactly right. Margo Vespucci. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly right. But see, here's what I'm talking about. She goes to work. I knew her because she worked at My Pillow. Okay. Right? And I find out later from a relative of hers that she was working 80 hours a week. Do you know why she was working 80 hours a week? I imagine she's sending money back home. Nope. To pay to get him out of prison. She works 80 hours a week, gets him out of prison, and he cuts her head off. This is what we're dealing you know, with I in the real world. I hate saying no good deed goes unpunished. Yeah, well, exactly. Clearly, this is exactly what that means. But, but once again, this is a beautiful woman great personality 
cares about other people, is grateful to be in America, so grateful she changes her name to America. Uh, and we got to look at these other pukes that are multi-millionaires bitching about how horrible things I are know. in America. When, it, when someone making tens of million dollars a year starts whining about how hard I they know. have it, it's like, come on. I well, threw Don my Lim- drinks Don Lim- the Yeah, I threw my drink across the lawn. <laughs> Don Lemon lives in a $4 million house, and all he does is bitch about being black and gay mm-hmm. and how he's being held back because of it. Yeah, if he's being held back, I'd hate to see what he could accomplish. If you he know, was. Yeah, God, it's probably true. the worst gaydar in the world. I had no idea it was gay. Well, the only reason I knew is because he talks about doesn't it. Seem gay? Yeah. You wouldn't know. I wouldn't think. But he, does, but he, he talks, talks about, about it all the time. He does, does talk he about really? it all the time. Yeah, that's fine. Obviously. Well, he and he and Christopher Columbus, or what's his name, Clombo. What the hell are you? His talking brother about? was just feeling women up with the, the governor of New oh. York. Oh, Cuomo. Cuomo. There you go. That's it. It's like what? Columbo. Christopher Columbo. <laughs> Christopher Columbo. What the hell? That's his name. His name is Chris Cuomo. I guess it's he's, close. He's again the fraud who was doing tricep lifts with a 100-pound mm-hmm. barbell. Barbell. It's like, yeah, okay. Yep. Whatever you say. Do you think that he is going to get booted out of office? I I can't see how he can stay in. But I can't. I, I've never. But you never Anything's know. Anything's possible in this day. Yeah. That's true, yeah. That's I actively true. avoid learning anything I can about New York City, but, I mean. Pretty much all the Democrats are saying, you're done, get out. From yeah, the president the thing. on down. Yeah. I mean, and they're you're all lined Chuck up. Chuck Schumer even yeah. went after Oh, him. yeah, no, everybody. It, and mean? there's no part of the Democratic Party that's saying, well, you know, they had it coming or look how they were dressed or whatever the I'm honest, I'm surprised because he, he's gotten away with a lot of very bad things in the past oh, just couple of years but now i don't know i guess this is the last straw um you know i'm not gonna spend a whole, oh my god i just like you know richard trumka the head of the aflcio no he did yeah richard trumka you'd know if you saw him just died hmm. as we're speaking Trump- what the hell uh, yeah trumka is t-r-u-m-k-a you'd recognize him i, think I don't even know what the aflcio him. is American Federation of Labor and uh, CIO is what the hell is it again? I used to know what CIO stood for because I was in the AFL-CIO for a while. Uh, what the see. hell does it stand for again? Chief Information Officer. American Federation of Labor and. Hmm. Let's find out. Kurbitzman. No, that's yeah. Not it's it. fu- Congress of Industrial Organizations. Oh, no wonder I didn't know what it meant. I, for, I used to know, but I forgot. Uh, no, I know why I forgot. Oh, it's a union thing. Okay. Yeah. I see. Yeah, it's AFL-CIO is a union. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not old enough to know about these. And Richard Trumka was the head of, uh, of the AFL-CIO. He was a big-time uh, buddy okay. of uh, Barack Obama's. And speaking of that, by the way, I, <clears throat> you know, I brought this up, I think, yesterday uh, just briefly, but more on the morning show this morning. You know, people in their whole, again, the cancel culture, I don't, you know, you agree with me, therefore I hate you. Here's what I understand. Like, you take Barack Obama. <clears throat> I agree with very little that he talks about. Look, the guy became a billionaire with his, you know, he's a very smart guy. I don't agree with anything he talks about, but I do think he's a decent, really good husband. I think he's a really good father. He seems like a decent person. I don't know how ethical the guy is because he's a politician and they're not very ethical people. But I don't hate, I, there's, I don't hate Barack Obama. Why do people go out... I mean, my God. Well, he's a black guy. Well, that's why. Okay. Well, there you go. That makes total sense then, you know. No, I, I can't just, believe he's turning 60. He's, I know. he's such a kid. He is a kid. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I still do not understand why they canceled this party on him. Well, I think there's a lot of people Backlash. that are worried about the COVID spreading. and. But he wasn't going to let anybody who wasn't vaccinated into the party. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. Did huh. we get vaccinated for a reason, or did you just do it to us to try to control us? Well, the recent CDC study has shown that the vaccine doesn't reduce viral load. So right. you're still... It, ju- it reduces your symptoms, ability to get sick But, or yeah, die. technically, even if you're vaccinated, you're, the odds of you spreading the disease are not lowered. Yeah. So, really? Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to have to wear masks anyway. Pretty much. I, I have a feeling they're coming back. I think so. So, you, so you're telling me that I got the vaccine just to protect myself from dying, which if I got that, it would have never killed me anyway. There's so no way. Strong and virile? Because I'm such a badass. That's okay. exactly right. what I'm got saying. It. I got your disease right here. But yeah, that's the thing. It's Yeah, everyone was like, oh, you got to get the vaccine so you can 
So you can can go out again. You're not going to spread the disease anymore, but now they're saying you do spread the disease, so technically getting the vaccine is a purely selfish reason. Okay. Well, I mean, you don't want to die. It's like B.B. King says, everybody wants to to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. (laughs) Well, he's right about that, you know. That's just again. I just don't. I just don't know that I would have gotten the vaccine if I if I knew that I still had to wear a mask and stay indoors all the time. I don't know if I would have done it because they lied. They th- they oh it absolutely will take care of it and you'll be fine. Well, you had no knowledge of that whatsoever. You lied to me again. Yeah, I don't know if it. I think that might be an overstatement. I mean, they're still right. trying to learn the stuff. I was listening to a scientist and they were talking about immunity with people that contract COVID and survive. And apparently the um, response is all over the board and people mm-hmm. like that. Some of them are really not, are going to, can contract it again, but be asymptomatic and other ones, it's it's really fatal. So it's, they're still trying to figure it out, I think. No doubt about it. Um, we only got about a minute left here, so I want to ask you a question. I Because I keep getting different answers. Andy looked it up. Andy pointed out yesterday that minorities, particularly black people, are being vaccinated at a higher rate than white people. Isn't that what you said yesterday? In the past month or so, yeah. In the yeah. past month or so, right? Significantly higher. And I hear from a lot of other people that black people just will not get vaccinated. So which one is it? Yeah. Well, you know, it's like you have to look at the whole statistics. So if more yeah. of the white population is, has been already vaccinated, the ones that are unvaccinated and getting the vaccine now might be lower. Uh, the other part of that thing is there are a lot of older African Americans that still don't trust the government because of the medical experiments right, that were done right. as recently as the 70s. The whole Tuskegee thing. Right, the, I mean, yeah, that started right. in the 30s and that ended in 1972. I know. And if you're 60 or older, you're going to remember that. Yeah. For those I that agree. don't know that what I'm talking about is the health department decided to do long-range testing on the uh, effects of untreated syphilis, and they gave it to yep. a lot of black Americans starting did, in yep. the 30s and then studied them all the way through the mid-70s. It was just terrible. And the eugenics thing wasn't going to work for black people yeah. either. No, it's not, not a great idea. That wasn't going to happen. Not a great idea. We shall take it. Who we got coming up on Car Selling? Just you and me and Andy. I got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about. We're actually going to be talking about cars on Car Selling Secrets. I know it's stunning. Really? Yep. Weird. We're back with this craziness right (laughs) after this.